ओम ज्ञान like implanted in uh, the society here no, uh, with all that. the details no with all yeah in the in the previous form yeah. uh-huh. with all the details uh, in in what um, form should then it um, sh- should it be on the west is it possible to make some compromise uh, until it's not fully established details means that in traditional Indian society there's so many details Traditional Indian culture, there are so many, many details. Just like, for instance, if you are to chant your Gayatri Japa, there are so many rituals which go with that. Sandhya Vandana. There are so many rituals. It takes at least half an hour to take to chant your, to do all these different re- details. That's if you rush through them all. So there, there are so many uh, different details. For taking bath, there are so many different rules and regulations you have to follow. So exactly all these different uh, details may not be able to, or not even... Uh, desirable to introduce them all. Basically, Varnashram is a system of social organization in which everyone is trained uh, for a particular occupation. Uh, everyone is works in a particular occupation, but everyone worships the Supreme Lord. And uh, at the same time, he allows some allowance for sense gratifications there in the Grihastha Ashram the uh, detachment from the system is scientifically designed to detach one from sense gratification. So the basic principle is seen that uh, young boys, it's seen what is their inclination and they're trained thus, either to be first class, second class, third class or fourth class, means uh, that saintly priest and intellectual brahmana or administrator to engage in agricultural activities, trade, protection or to act as a general assistant for the other castes. And for girls, the general training is to be uh, in chastity, cooking, and these basic things are there. And uh, if, they, if they're married to a Brahmin, young boy Brahmin, then they'll have they'll, they'll have the duties in that line also. Similarly, if they're married to Kshatriya, Vaishya, or Shudra. So it's a practical system of uh, social organization with the highest goal of life in mind. Present society is simply organized for sense gratification. Panashram allows regulated sense gratification, not unrestricted sense gratification. So it's practical to introduce that everywhere. As Prabhupada pointed out, it's not artificial to designate people as Brahmanas, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas and Shudras because we find, even without officially designating people as such, we find these different classes of people everywhere throughout the world anyway. It's just a matter of regulating it. It's a big discussion. Ultimately, it's uh, it's uh, required that devotees do that, take up this way of life. Therefore, Prabhupada was stressing very much on these rural, rural communities. It's uh, very difficult to live a sane life while living in these insane cities where the, the whole 
culture, or anti, I prefer to call it anti-culture. The whole anti-culture just drags you to hell. It's not, it's, the way the society is set up, it's not conducive for advancement in spiritual life. Hmm. Then? then there are uh, many questions regarding the, uh, uh, the role of wife in marriage. And the first one is... Well, traditionally these questions wouldn't be asked to a sannyasi, but sannyasi is supposed to be the guru of all the orders. Usually these things are taught at the home, but in the home they don't teach these things. So Prabhupada was also teaching these things out of necessity. And I'm also interested to teach these things. Because I see that uh, even now in India, most of the families, they, I mean, always there's some friction, but basically they're living contented lives. Whereas in the West, even among our devotees, they're, they're not happy in their family life. There are many problems. And unless we can... Considering that most people get married, that unless, uh, unless our devotees can live peacefully and contentedly in family life, then one thing is, how are they ever going to make any spiritual advancement if they're so disturbed in their mind all the time? Another thing is, how, how will the society at large look towards our devotees for guidance? If, we, if we're talking big, big, high things, spiritual advancement, we can't even live as sane human beings, then who's want to, who will want to listen to us? So anyway, what are the questions? And the first one is, wife should be submissive to the husband. What does it mean? Submissive to the husband means, Prabhupada described that uh, psychology is, man's psychology is that he always wants to feel himself superior. So the wife, if she tries to challenge that, then he'll become frustrated. So she uh, serves him. Many times we find that the wife is... Uh, is that, especially in the modern age, the wife is actually mentally or even spiritually stronger than the husband. Not, not intellectually, I just said mentally. There's a difference uh-huh. between mentally and intellectually. Uh-huh. But if she tries to directly dominate him, then uh, he'll become frustrated. And if she tries to serve him, then he'll become very pleased and uh, he'll be inclined to uh, protect her and help her in his cooperation. Now, several times... Uh, Lady devotees have come to me and said, you know, my husband's very difficult and doesn't want me to practice Krishna consciousness. Then how can I be submissive to him? But actually, even in that situation, by submissiveness, then they gradually have to bring him round and make him a devotee. I've seen it work in several cases. There may be cases where it doesn't work, just like there's uh, one devotee I know, a lady, uh, her husband's an alcoholic, so... He appears to be beyond help in this case. He's a hard alco- hardened alcoholic. But uh, most cases are not hopeless cases. Anyway, it's a very big discussion here. Okay. Generally, in the modern age, when a, women, if they hear they have to be submissive to their husbands, they don't want to hear this at all. But uh, according to Srila Prabhupada, if, you know, we're supposed to accept what Prabhupada says, right? So, he said that all the, all the problems in the Western, in modern society, are caused because Women are not submissive to men. That's a very heavy statement. Men have to be responsible to act properly also. Practically, uh, Prabhupada was uh, preaching Krishna consciousness among people who, I mean, quite frankly, in the Western world, there's, as Prabhupada said so many times, it's cat and dog society. So it may take time for, to understand and implement all these things. Hmm. What does a wife have to do uh, if she doesn't agree with the husband's decision? Does she just uh, does she just have to 
follow him blindly and uh, just approve everything he will, decides. I mean, it'll be different in every case. You can't say exactly. In civilized society, they have joint families, in which the heads of the families are the grandfather and grandmother. So these problems may not arise so much. A lot of problems come because of this so-called nuclear family, nuclear bomb family. If the uh, if the you know if the husbands, I'll give another example. Someone was telling me that that uh, it's it's a very complex thing. I I generally recommend brahmacharis. If you're satisfied in the brahmachari ashram, then stay brahmachari. Then you don't have to think about all these things. If you want to be convinced to stay brahmachari, ask someone who's been married five years, not five months. Five months, they're still in illusion. Still, I, most do get married, but you shouldn't be in any illusion. It's So many times we see devotees, uh, they say, oh, it's so tough. It's really true what it says in the Bhagavatam. It's, it really is true. It's very complex. So that's why, actually, that's why I'm saying joint families. So in the absence of that, then uh, the young Grihastas, it's good to take guidance from older Grihasta devotees who are a little mature, if there are such devotees here. Otherwise, it's a little bit like hit and miss. One hits the other. <laughs> Sometimes they miss. Anyway, one the most important principle is that uh, marry. you get married, you stay married. Okay. You can take sannyas after 25 years. No divorce. Even if you throw the whole house at each other every day, you can't get divorced. Mm. <laughs> Any other questions? Um, how, um, Street can, family life. How can I be submissive to my husband if he is unqualified uh, to lead me for the leadership? Yes. Well, why does Shastra say that women should be submissive? There's some women have some need also. I mean, anyone can say a husband's unqualified, and then on that basis, not be submissive. It's a, it's an easy way to kind of get around. If there's any serious problem, then you should. Uh, like I'm saying, young grihastas need guidance from older grihastas. But that basic principle should be there. Now, if your husband's having spiritual difficulties or whatever. The wife, in many cases, the wife is stronger. Then she should, instead of thinking, "Oh, my husband's not qualified. Let, let me kick him out or kick him in the face or whatever," then uh, she should, by sweetness, try to bring him around to the proper standard, not by fighting with him. If he has a problem, you have to try and help him. But then you should uh, see how you can help him. If you dictate to him, he won't accept it. You have to, uh, like that, Prabhupada was saying that the man. That he has that, that psychology, he wants to feel superior. So, uh, by service, submission, then, then, uh, he feels very pleased, then he can take your advice if given in a sweet way. Or, even if you don't say, he may feel so ashamed that he'll behave properly. Or otherwise, you may just have to tolerate. Prabhupada's father was a pure devotee. He married his daughter, Prabhupada's sister, who was initiated by Bhaktisthan Sasrataka. Prabhupada's father married her to a meat-eater. So she wasn't able to change him, but uh, she served him and went on with her Krishna conscious on the side. But if you Krishna. just say, well, you know, my husband's unqualified, this, that, then then, uh, then you get divorced, which is worse than having no husband. Worse than having no husband, at least uh, if you have a husband there, then there's, um, you know, he's supposed to bring some income and provide for the family and all these things. If you, don't, if you don't have that, then you're just out on the street. I, I know that by saying this, you know, it's it may not be very popular, but whatever I'm saying, this is what I heard from Prabhupada. Saying. 
and what I've practically observed. The training is different in the modern age. There's the idea of uh, social equality on all levels. But Prabhupada was very strong on this point that although men and women are both spiritual souls and have equal opportunity for spiritual advancement, socially they have different roles. Prabhupada said, if you want to be equal, then why don't you arrange it that one time the wife has a baby, next time the husband has a baby? It's not possible. By nature's arrangement, the wife, the woman must be dependent on the husband because she has to hold the baby. But what she has to feed the baby. So she requires... A husband. She has to be dependent upon them. So now, in the modern age, they have this idea that, that uh, you know, you stick the kids in some kindergarten and the wife goes off to work. But that, but then the, uh, and then you provide for them in that way. But then the children, they don't get looked after properly. The children need attention, especially from, the, when, especially young children from their mothers. They need to have food cooked by their mothers, not just something taken out of the freezer and put in a microwave. They, they need to constant attention. And women also, they're, they're, by their nature, they're inclined to bring up children. You see, young girls, they play with dolls, isn't it? Because their propensity is there from the beginning. So this, uh, what is prescribed in the Vedic culture, it's, it's not something artificial. They say that it's, it's simply made for artificial dominance of Brahmins, caste, of the lower caste and artificial dominance of men by women. But it's not. It's the system given by Krishna for the benefit of everybody. That's why we see that uh, women in Vedic culture, they can be learned, they can do so many things, but their principal role is as wife and mother. I always recommend that before they get married, spend a little time in India and not just hanging out in this, but uh, live with the people See how they live. It's good education. Hmm. Next. Is it okay if uh, the husband and the wife uh, mutually um, uh, decide or agree how how to decide? Generally, that's there. It'll okay. be different in every case. In some case, the man mostly decides. In some case, the women mostly decides. In some cases, mutual. Um. Generally, uh, there should be some consultation. It's supposed to work as a team. In the Levant, wife is called Ardangini means half of the body. Um, how to learn um, to see the husband as an authority when all these years yeah. we were equal? Well, if you've all these years, that's very good. Um, good. It's good you've got those years behind you. So maybe, uh, maybe you're not going to change immediately. But still, it's good to adopt these principles as much as possible. Burijan Prabhu, I don't think you know him. He's uh, one of Prabhupada's oldest disciples. What happened, his wife, um, she was formerly a famous film actress. She was, uh, she played the heroine role in a, I don't know if you know, there's one film called Ned Kelly in which Mick Jagger starred. So she was the heroine in that film. So anyway, after making that film, shortly after that, she joined the movement. And Prabhupada sent her to Hong Kong to marry Burijan, who she never met. She, he said, get on the plane, go to Hong Kong, Burijan's there, marry him. So she did, and they're still married. I mean, Burijan's like Vanaprastha, something like that now. But anyway, she was what you might call a modern woman. So once Prabhupada was describing, she was there, some things about the traditional roles of women and all these things. She said, but Prabhupada, I wasn't brought up like that. I was brought up in a different culture. So Prabhupada didn't force her, but he said, but still, if there's something good in this culture then why not try to adopt it? That's so Prabhupada never tried to force this onto people because, you know, it's not, it's not going to happen by force. 
But at the same time, he he described these principles and he wanted his devotees to move towards this for their own benefit. We have a lot of problems in our society with divorce and remarriage and all these things. So there are scientific principles by which man and wife can live together with, uh, of which the underlying principle is that the wife should take a submissive role in relation to the husband. And then the husband also, he has to see how to treat his wife. I saw one letter, one, uh, one uh, highly educated lady in our movement married, and uh, she told her husband before the marriage, said, look, you know, I, I can't get into this thing of washing your cloth and all this kind of thing, she told him. But anyway, he didn't insist on that, but I, she described that after the marriage that he treated her so protectively and caringly that she automatically, she wanted to do that. But then, she did it, does it. So it's a two-way thing. It's not simply that the men order the women around and this and that, but they also have to see to their benefit. It's very interesting. In um, 16th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, there's description of the demoniac nature. Now, in one of the key verses which Prabhupada quotes many times, chapter 16, text 7, the translation is that those who are demoniac do not know what is to be done and what is not to be done, neither cleanliness nor proper behavior nor truth is found in them. Uh, nevertheless, Prabhupada makes, he, he uses this as an example of what proper behavior should be. Prabhupada uh, gives as an example of demoniac behavior that women should be given freedom. Prabhupada says it is a demoniac idea that women should be given as much freedom as men. Mm. And he states how women should be given protection at every stage of life. Now, Prabhupada explained this once in a conversation. He said that uh, a 16-year-old boy can go all over the world, but a 16-year-old girl can't. She's in trouble. She yeah, goes alone. Once I was uh, in Australia in some university, there was some program, they asked, they was asked that, well, what are, what's this idea of protecting women? What are they supposed to be protected from? So I hear the answer from lusty men. That's a fact that the uh, the sexual urge is extremely strong, but it's that which causes our downfall. So the Vedic culture is meant for protecting both men and women from that by giving a regulated outlet for the sexual urge within family life. For that, it is required that women be protected. I uh, I read one book once in in Bangladesh in which. Um, it was described when one visiting Christian missionary was asking a, a Muslim gentleman that why is it that you uh, the women when, if they go outside they're, they're dressed in this burqa you know this black covering and they're not you don't see them if you go on the streets in the city you you'll hardly see any women at all they stay in the house mostly so why is that so the Muslim gentleman replied that well if you have something very special something that you consider very precious. You don't just throw it around for everyone to use. He said we consider our, our women to be you know, they're the, the basis of our family life. So we want to protect their, their chastity and their specialness. Prabhupada writes here, modern education has artificially devised a puffed-up concept of womanly life. And therefore, marriage is practically now an imagination in human society. Now, this is really uh, radical. It may sound what I'm going to say now, but... Again, Prabhupada said it. He, for, for the children of our devotees, he was recommend how she, he was talking about the Varnashram College and the boys should be trained as either Brahmanas, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas, or Shudras. For girls, 
they should stay at home and learn how to cook and clean and all these things. And they should learn to read and write so they can read Prabhupada's books. But the modern education system, uh, there are so many anomalies. Boys and girls mix up on the campus. The other day, I think it must be, what, four or five days ago, I was at our center. In, I just was giving the class in the Chopati Temple in downtown Bombay. It's just in the university area. Oh, but actually it was in here. Anyway, I, I wasn't there. Was when we were driving back, there was another college. Anyway, we were going past the college just with the hour when the students are going in. So you see all the, we're driving and there are all the young boys and girls and it was just like driving through a cloud of lust. You just feel it, how the, the young boys and girls, they were just like absolutely overwhelmed by attraction for each other. And then uh, what happens is that uh, the young girls and boys, they mix up so the young girls, they, they're then boyfriends, abortion, and so many things. And they, uh, their, t- their attention is on this boy, then another boy, then another boy. And then when they get married, they already their, their idea is to not to fix their mind on any one man. So after they get married, they have that habit. So they continue looking at this man, another man, another man. And so they, they're married, but they have a boyfriend. They can't remain chaste because they don't have any training like that. And uh, being so much educated, then they they don't they're feeling well. I'm very intellectual and this, and then they they don't want to be submissive to their husband. Or even if they get married, they're always trying to show their their husband how they're more intelligent than him. And therefore, marriage is practically now an imagination in human society. These are the reasons. Nor is the moral condition of woman very good now. For all the uh, Prabhupada writes here that. Uh, this, for all this idea that that women should be free, independent, all this, Prabhupada says it has not improved the social condition of the world. Actually, there's a very big controversy going on about this in our movement at the present time, in which I happen to be uh, deeply involved. Uh, in, in this uh, wild exchange of com letters on this subject, someone wrote that... that we don't, we don't want this Indian society. Everyone knows that Indian women are the most mistreated in the world. Well, that's the propaganda in the West. And the propaganda in India also. They're making propaganda like this. But actually, you'll find that even today, most Indian women, they have a fixed husband for life, which in the West, you, it's just not there. Maybe here it's a little better because you're not so advanced as America and England and all these places. But they think it's better that, you know, you get married and if you don't like your husband, throw him out and get another one. And that's supposed to be advancement for women. Or try a few boyfriends and then, you know, when you find someone who you really like, you can marry him. After you've already had three kids by three different men. And aborted them all. So this is, this is supposed to be social advancement. It's demoniac. Modern society is demoniac. And what they think, what they call progressive, it's uh, it's actually very sinful. So these are some, we could say, radical instructions of Prabhupada. But they are instructions of Prabhupada. They are instructions of Shastra. He wanted our devotees to follow them. Like I say, he didn't try to force it on our devotees because they're brought up in a different culture and it's, and uh, practically you, you, you can't force them to take it up. But at the same time, by... Uh, studying Prabhupada's instructions, we should understand that what direction we should be going in in our movement. Prabhupada writes, because they do not follow the experience of great sages and the rules and regulations laid down by the sages, 
the social condition of the demoniac people is very miserable. So, although it may be unpopular even among our devotees to say these things, actually, if you follow, you'll be very happy. I've practically seen it. I've advised women who have come to me with, oh, this problem with my husband, that problem. I advise, do it like this. You should submissively serve him, be very sweet, tolerate his anger, and in this way you conquer, overcome him by the submissiveness and sweetness. And then he'll become better too. And it, it, it's, I've seen in several cases it's, it works because it's coming from Shastra. It's not my imagination. You know, it doesn't make any difference to me. I'm not married. <laughs> if you, you know, if all the husbands and wives fight and, and uh, get divorced six, seven times, it doesn't personally get, make any difference to me. If I don't say these, you know, I can just discuss about Krishna's pastimes with the gopis and this and that and you know, I don't have to get involved with all these things. You know, all, I, all, all I'm getting for it is being called a woman hater and so many things. But uh, it's, uh, this is what I'm reading in Prabhupada's books. What I, I have faith that uh, Prabhupada, he's, Prabhupada had no motive to exploit women or any such thing. He wanted the highest benefit for everybody. Any other question? Mm-hmm. Um, lately, we often hear that Iskand is in crisis and it's shaking. Can you explain? Why? Oh, it's in crisis, but it's not shrinking. Shaking. 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 No, it's not shrinking. It's shaking, but it's not shrinking. For all the crisis, there's so many people taking books and more people taking up Krishna consciousness. Yeah. Our, our, one of our three temples in Bombay this has, uh, in the first three weeks of the marathon, distributed 150,000 Bhagavad Gitas. Now, they don't want to report that in the Sangatan newsletter because they say, well, you're selling them too cheap. Anyway, one way or the other, 150... Whether it gets reported, whether they win the marathon or not, so-called, they distributed probably by now more than 200,000 Gitas. Mm-hmm. They ran out of Gujarati too, so it's only they're only doing it in three languages now. So, yeah, so many people are becoming devotees. So it, yeah, there's some shaking, but the foundation is strong. Foundation is chanting Hare Krishna, following the principles, following Prabhupada's instructions. The shaking comes when shaking comes when we are not carefully following Prabhupada's instructions. Then more shaking will come. From time to time, we have some new idea, better than Prabhupada's, and then shaking starts. So then we realize, wait a minute, we're supposed to follow Prabhupada, and then we do that, and then the shaking stops, and then we find out some other new idea, and then again the shaking starts like this. Anyway, my understanding of the problems with this, within ISKCON, for years I've said this, that, uh, you know, however incompetent all of us are, we're not powerful enough to stop Lord Chaitanya's mission. Despite us, this movement will go on. Not because of us, despite us. And, uh, if this was some kind of business organization, you know, <laughs> we'd be in, we'd be in the, we'd be in the uh, business section of the newspaper as the, in the cartoons. It's funny, time to time, people come up to us and say, oh, your movement is well organized. We think, really? <laughs> it's amazing how it appears like that. People want proof of 